0: Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on, and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com.
1: Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of CastingAcross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. On this episode, we are going to talk about what to wear in the summertime Summertime fly fishing head to toe. Now, of course, this is my personal preference and experience, and I'm going to give you the reasons why. I'm going to also give you a couple of different options that might suit you or your fishing better, but really what this comes down to is wet wading in hot weather. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about why you might not want to wet wade here in a minute, but... I'm just going to talk a little bit in my experience about what I have found works the best for hot weather wet waiting. So of course, wet waiting means waiting without waiters. You wear waiters to stay dry. Wet waiting means you're going to get wet. Um, so let's start at the top and work our way down to the bottom because the top is going to be easy. Well, I really am a big fan of a baseball cap in the summertime i will wear a wide brim hat i've had a few over the years i had a tilly hat One of those authentic i think they're from new zealand or australia or somewhere Um, but they're a wide brim hat and they're cool because like a lot of cheaper versions of these hats they had snaps on the side kind of by your temples so you could fold up one side of the brim Uh, so like if you were uh, fishing and the sun was on your left um, and you wanted to maybe have a little more airflow you could snap up the uh, brim on the right hand side and both you know if as the the sun goes down um, because sometimes you, you don't want that extra shade, but when the sun is being incredibly oppressive, it's nice to have that wraparound protection that also protects you a little bit from bugs and give you a little bit more coverage for bug spray. So that's one of the things I do regardless of what kind of cap I'm wearing. And again, usually I wear the same baseball cap uh, all year round. I have a Chicago Bears hat that was orange and now is kind of tan and dirty but I will just apply more and more permethrin to that hat to ward off mosquitoes, ticks, and anything else that might be biting my ears or my hairline, or, or anything like that. It keeps the, the ticks from crawling up your into your hair from under your hat using, again, permethrin, picardin, and then there's some all-natural stuff like uh, eucalyptus and peppermint. And I talked about that in a few episodes back, bug spray choices for fly fishing. And that actually is a really important thing, but I'm not going to spend too much time on it. If you don't know what kind of bug spray to buy to protect your gear, go and listen to that podcast. I think it's called uh, Buying Choices. And I talk about rods, bug spray, and something else. But uh, if you have a wide brim hat, you can spray the underside of that and it offers you more protection or wider radius around your head for keeping the bugs off. So I do that with my regular baseball hat, and if I have a wide brim hat, I do that also. Uh, currently these days, if I do fish in a wide brim hat, it is a straw cowboy hat that i bought down in guatemala and it looks pretty rad so um the the, that is my my headwear choice and so it not only keeps the sun out of your eyes and off the back of your neck that's the nice thing about having a wide brim hat um but it also uh, is going to provide that bug protection and and this is really nice if you're you know out fishing for smallmouth or in the salt or if you throw on bigger poppers for whatever you're fishing for having that wide brim can protect you a little bit more from a fly or a line whacking in the back of the head or the ear. That's actually, I started wearing a wide-brim hat for the very first time when I was guiding years ago because I had a couple of uh, big, heavy streamers for uh, for smallmouth, not for strippers, for smallmouth, Whack me in the back of the head. Thankfully, I didn't get hooked, uh, but that just made me think, you know what, as I'm teaching people to cast and I'm standing very close to them, I'm going to afford myself as much protection as possible. So, if you have a favorite baseball cap, you, you might be totally fine wearing that. And I am, but every once in a while I do bust out the hat that has the wide brim, especially when I'm going to be in open water and the sun's going to be blazing down. Um, the, the alternative for that is wearing a shirt with a collar on it. And I'll talk about that in a second, but that can be an alternative for you is wearing a shirt that has a collar on it and popping it up to cover the back of your neck because really, and, and this is one of the themes for the, the top half of your body, uh, you know, cover yourself up. Um, Sunscreen's great I just don't like sunscreen so when we talk about shirts I'll, I'll mention that but anytime you can cover your, yourself up you're going to be in good shape I know buffs you know get a, a bad rap on, on social media because I think people wear them sometimes just to look cool but honestly I'll wear them when I'm out on the blue water uh, when there's a ton of um, insects going going on uh, here in, in freshwater just because there's so much glare and there's so much heat and there's even wind I mean it protects your lips after a day of being out on the water especially if you're in a boat and you're, you're moving or it's windy out So I know that's kind of moving away from from your hat, but it's the same principle. Coverage is good; it protects you from bugs, it protects you from sun, and both of those things are not good at the end of the day. And they're not their cumulative effects of being exposed to too many bugs and too much sun is certainly not good. Also, all right. So moving down the body to uh, the face, uh, sunglasses. I had a podcast recently about sunglasses that you choose, and one of the big things that I pick is coverage, and it's not just what's right in front of you because it is fantastic to have a big lens so that as your eyes move left to right in your eye sockets, you can see everything in your field of vision through those polarized lenses. However you also want to reduce glare coming in from the sides. So my primary pair of fishing glasses these days is a Costa Del Mar Fantail Pro. And Those are great because they have a thicker arm that connects to the frames and the lenses So it brought blocks out some of that light additionally they kind of wrap around so they're not super wrap around like you know uh, Early 90s style sunglasses, but they do offer some wraparound protection to Stop some of that light coming in from the sides if you are fishing away from the Sun um, Or uh, they having it bounce off the water and reflect up under underneath your, your sunglasses and into your eyes that kind of stuff not only is it going to limit your vision but it's also going to cause eye fatigue and you're gonna lose that visual acuity as the day goes on so having a nice pair of lenses that cuts out the glare is great year-round and it's perfect during the snow uh, but it's great in the summertime when that sun is out so long and it is so high overhead that it is going to be bouncing off the water in front of you and coming into your field of vision at all sorts of crazy angles. So I would suggest a pair of glasses that has thick sides or you know those even little moldable sides that you can slide onto the edge of your your sunglasses if you have maybe like a uh, aviator style or something like that. And they they look pretty cool. Find a nice little leather pair. Uh, some of the leather companies that I've I've written for and done some work with, I don't think anybody makes those. That might be a good idea to Put a call in see if anybody wants to make some custom uh, uh, side shields for sunglasses because uh, yeah, they're they're very functional and they might look a little goofy, but really, you know, if you're out doing outdoor stuff, I mean, that's what looks cool is having something functional. Uh, style is very much secondary, but having something that uh, is boutique but also looks cool might be might be worth checking out so hey maybe you'll hear something about that here in the near future alright so moving down again I mentioned buffs earlier I I don't wear buffs all the time I wear them if again I'm on open water or if there's a lot of bugs and again I can treat those I I don't like putting bug spray on my skin uh, if I can avoid it so usually it's just on my hat and it's on the ankles of my pants if I'm not waiting if I'm walking through the the woods or something like that but if the bugs are crazy um, I've had times where I cannot fish they're so so bad there I remember one summer night uh, finished on the bat kill in Vermont where it was painful the the volume of mosquito bites I was having was painful and I had to leave the water uh, and, and wait to come back in the morning because there's just so many it might have been the the worst experience I've ever had with bugs in my entire life. Um, and a buff with some, sun, with some, some uh, sun protection, but also some bug spray can be very, very helpful um, if you're someplace where there's no breeze and there's a lot of bugs. Moving down, shirts. This might sound silly, or you might totally get what I'm saying, but I love long sleeve, lightweight shirts in the summertime. I think that they are fantastic because, for a few reasons. One, um, I get hotter with the sun on my skin than I do with a long sleeve shirt on in the heat. Does that make sense? So I get hotter with the sun beating down on my exposed skin, uh, even with sunscreen on. I even feel you know, like if it's a certain type of sunscreen, I feel like that almost amplifies the heat because you have this kind of sticky layer on top of you. So I would much rather have SPF rated long sleeve, lightweight shirts that have a little bit of of extra length in the sleeve, so they kind of go down over the top of my hand and provide me as much coverage as possible. Now, sleeves and uh, hems that are made of a lightweight, primarily nylon or polyester fabric, um, even with a cotton blend, they're going to dry incredibly quickly. They are not going to stay wet if you have to stick your arm underwater. And again, if you're you're wet wading or you're fishing in the summer, being a little bit damp is not the worst thing in the world. And so many of these contemporary fabrics are going to do um, just a, a great job. So, a, c- a couple of shirts that I like wearing, and these are just some name brands. Um, I like uh the um Orvis technical uh, tops uh, there's just the the long sleeves. They have zip up, the quarter zip. They have crew neck, and then they have the hooded. And the hooded is awesome because that kind of circles back to the some stuff I've mentioned already regarding having that coverage for your ears and for the back of your neck. And um, a nice thing about those two is when they're so lightweight and so kind of airy and breathable, you don't feel like there's something interfering with your ability to hear. I've talked about that before on on different podcasts about just being able to locate what's around you, whether it be a rise or whether it be Moving through the woods or things like that. And so these incredibly lightweight hoodies are great for that. But um, I also have some traditional, like Columbia PFG style shirts. And I like those a lot as well, um, especially because a couple of them have a collar that doesn't just pop once, but then it pops twice. So it almost can tuck into the back of your ball cap. It looks incredibly dorky, but when you're on the water, who cares? Um, and those are nice too because they have lots of pockets you can unbutton them a couple buttons if you want to get a little more airflow you can roll up the sleeves and they have those little tabs to, to button them after you've been on the water or once the sun starts to go down uh, but again you get that bug protection you get that sun protection and in my opinion for my body for the way that i i experience the outdoors i would rather be a little bit warm because of long sleeves um, than having the sun beating down on me so that's my top preference but that being said, if you're a wet waiting in, in like here in New England in, in in late July and early August of this year, it's been getting down to the 60s at nighttime. So chances are the water is going to be warm, and you're going to be warm from being outside. And I feel like your body kind of acclimates to the 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 weather regardless of if it's in the high 60s or in the kind of like low 90s when you're when you're in the summertime. But having a fleece vest on hand can make it so that you're not thinking about how you're a little bit chilly. So just having that in the back of the car. The same thing with a lightweight rain layer again getting wet and getting you know cooled off is not the worst thing in the world but you don't want to be soaked to the bone necessarily and if you do you want to protect yourself and your gear as much as you can so a lightweight fleece vest and a lightweight rain jacket in the car is a great option kind of a break glass in case of emergency situation i always have those on hands even in the in the warmest weather because you know it was 90 a couple days ago and it's 65 outside right now so it's nice to have those things on hand all right, moving down, uh, pants. I fished in shorts for years and years and years, and I still do if I'm hiking a long way, or one of the things I like to do is trail run up into the mountains to fish for brook trout or, or anything like that, um, but more and more, I am wearing lightweight, breathable pants for the reason of ticks. I absolutely hate those little buggers. They are the worst in the world i've got i've had lyme disease before it is not fun i've said it you know again every everything i've heard from so many other illnesses and what i've experienced with lyme disease i would take a lot of other things before i took lyme disease again so i wear pants and what i that does is it simply affords me the protection from the bugs um whether they be ticks crawling up my leg or um mosquitoes that are trying to bite me from the knee down and again if you're using a lightweight breathable fabric they are going to uh, stop um the getting too hot it's not going to be a big issue and additionally it's going to dry off very very quickly so i will wear shorts quite frequently, especially if I'm out in the ocean. Um, then I will almost always wear shorts. I don't usually wear pants when I'm, when I'm surf casting, uh, in, in, in the summertime. Um, but if I'm fishing for brook trout, if I'm fishing for smallmouth bass, then I will have full length pants on. Maybe I still have a couple pairs of zip off pants. Those are like the, the paragon of fashion, right? But those are nice because if, if the bottoms are primarily what's wet, you can always zip them off when you hop back in the car. Um, but you know, I just see it as a convenience and one more way to protect me from the sun and from insects. Now, here is the uh, PG part of the podcast. Uh, what underwear are you wearing? Because honestly, if you just have cotton boxers or uh, you know cotton briefs on underneath your lightweight, breathable, high-tech pants, and they get wet, I mean, you're 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 out of luck. Those things are going to take forever to dry, and it's going to be just so uncomfortable. So. What I would suggest doing is just go to Target Target or Walmart or REI, and you can find a pair of lightweight, nylon, breathable, um, kind of compression-style shorts uh, that you can wear. And this does two things. One, if they get wet, they're going to dry off quickly, which means that you're not wet, but you're also not wet in a relatively sensitive area, which is not fun while you're fishing, but it's certainly not fun on the drive home. Uh, secondly, it's going to provide a little bit of protection from that area from bugs, particularly ticks that are wanting to crawl up. Uh, if you have something that has a tight waistband and kind of a compression on your legs, then it's going to protect you in that way also from bugs. But it, that's something I've done so many times. Think, okay, I've got all the right gear, all my really high end shirts and right, high end pants, and just throw on a pair of cotton boxers and. As soon as you wade deeper than your waist, it's like, what's the point? Everything's wet. And it's going to stay wet for a really long time. So that's just something to think about as you are planning to go out. Make that investment. Um, they might take some getting used to. They're definitely different than just your normal Monday to Friday undergarments, but it is worthwhile, especially if you're taking the time and money to invest in nicer shirts and pants. Um, you're going to find that they're great for all sorts of all sorts of things. If you're out in, in hot weather, um, then that's definitely a great comfort uh that you you can have for to to have closest to you in your most sensitive regions all right there you go did, did you think about hearing about that as you tuned into the podcast today but i'm here to help all right moving down so footwear choices um wet wading is a lot of fun it's nice because you're feeling the the water um you know you feel the water when you're in a pair of waders uh, you feel it pressing against you you feel its little ebbs and flows as you are in the current. but there's something fun about being in a even a cool stream or a cool river on a hot summer day and feeling that water up against your legs and uh, whether that be in pants, whether it be in shorts, uh, whether you're in a your swimsuit, which I guess I should go back a second. I wear a swimsuit a lot too when I'm when I'm fishing, uh, especially when I'm fishing in the ocean. Uh, a lot of my my surf casting is done while my kids are you know swimming. Uh, you know, a couple hundred feet down the beach. And after I catch something or if I don't catch something, then I'll throw my rod down, I'll swim with them for a while, come back and fish a little bit more. So swim trunks are a great budget wet-weighting option. And they often have that um, kind of mesh line on the inside, especially for men. Um, For ladies, I would say it's the same thing. fish in your swimsuit Um, if you just want to pair throw a pair of shorts uh, over top of it or a pair of pants over top of it then you have that nice um, quick dry uh, layer on underneath but you also have the flexibility of fishing um, or swimming in that if, if you choose anyway back to um, wet waiting that that's one of the the reasons why we enjoy it so much it's just kind of free and you can be out there and in the water which of course means you're going to get wet which leads to what kind of shoes are you going to be wearing now I've covered this. I feel like ad nauseum, but it's something that I get more questions on than almost anything else. I would say is is my my preference for shoes and boots because I do think that that's one of the things that you should be spending a lot of money on. Um, if you're going to be spending money on anything in fly fishing, uh, rod, line, wading boots, sunglasses. All right, those are the like the four things I think need the most money for most anglers. Um, Wading boots, they protect your feet, they protect your ankles, they protect your knees, they protect your back in one way, shape, or form. They keep you upright, they keep you dry, they protect the rest of your gear um, by keeping you upright and keeping you safe. So it all depends on your mobility and where you're fishing. Your mobility where you're fishing. And I would also say and how long it takes you to get there and how much moving you're planning on doing. So I have two primary pairs of wet weighting shoes. One is an ultralight pair of boots from Reddington, their benchmark boots, and I wear those with a Corker brand sock and these corker socks are awesome because they have um, holes in them that allow water to come in and come out which if you are wet wading, and as soon as you go shin deep and water starts to go into your sock unless you're wearing like a really form-fitting sock then water's gonna get in there, and you don't want that to slosh around. That will lead to you know chafing in your foot. Um, it'll also just kind of get soupy and gross and just like the worst thing to have in your toes for hours and hours and hours on end. So these corkers ones are awesome because they allow water to move in and out. But those Reddington benchmark boots are ultra light. It kind of like feels like wearing a ultra-light pair of hiking boots as you as you fish. Those are great for moving around a lot, having very uneven terrain, and they're just a normal pair of flat fishing boots. The other pair of shoes that I talk about a lot is my um, Astral Brewer. Now you can buy the Brewer 2.0. Um, they are kayaking shoes, incredibly lightweight. They shed water so fast. They have little kind of a pumping uh, design on the inside. So as you walk, it pushes water out and even smaller sediment. Um, but because of the tongue and the lacing, you're not going to get rocks and gravel in there. Very, very form-fitting around your the collar of your ankle. So you're, you're going to be totally safe from all that little debris. And then the water and the sand, the little stuff gets pumped out. Uh, incredibly sticky. The the most sticky shoes, wading boots, boots, uh, anything I've ever owned in my entire life are the soles of these Astrals. But they don't have a lot of toe and ankle protection. So they actually have a model called the TR1, and I'm, I'm thinking about checking these out only because my toes take a beating, especially when I'm in the surf, when I'm walking and wading the craggy beaches here in new england and then even after a long day of fishing on the brook trout streams your toes do get beat up so the brewer 2.0 is an awesome shoe i've used it for years and years it's starting to show a little bit of wear but that's because i abuse it in the salt water um the tr1 has a toe cap on it and so i'm thinking about maybe making the switch to that especially for fishing in the salt but um those are great shoes shoes that you can both both the, the the benchmark boots to a certain degree but certainly the brewers those are shoes that you can walk into the water even if it's miles and be totally comfortable in now socks do you wear socks it, this is a personal preference thing if you're going to be wet like while you're in the water I think having socks on is totally fine. The issue then is once you are done fishing and you leave the water and you're walking back to your car, if it's a prolonged walk, walking in wet socks, even if they are kind of quick dry socks, if they're saturated from being underwater, is not a lot of fun. So I usually do not wear socks when I wet weight. Either I have a neoprene booty that my foot is in just by itself um, inside of a wading boot or I'm going barefoot inside of like a wading shoe. Um, but there's been times where I have worn a sock and, and as long as I'm in the water and I'm not walking on dry land and not having that, that sock kind of constantly moisturized, um, then it's totally fine. That happened by accident the last time I went out. I think in my Virginia podcast from a few weeks back, I talked about that, but anyway, that's head to toe from hats all the way down to the soles of your wading boots. That's what I use. Now I gave a couple of brands out there. I'm loyal to some of these brands, but... But some of this stuff, if something better came along, I would absolutely give it a shot. Um, some of these things, like my Costas and my Astrals, I just I've used so many other different products. I've used these consistently and put them through the paces. That I mean, you know, you're free to send me something and I'll I'll happily try it out. But I feel like those are the best of the best. But and everything else, you know, you can find great quick dry shirts, pants, and. Underwear slash base layers at a place like Target and online, and it's going to provide great sun protection, insect protection, um, and uh, you know keep you keep you dry a- as you you fish um, in, in the warmest, wettest southern 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 even yeah northern eastern western summer months that you may encounter all right lots of content lots of stuff i went over there definitely shoot me your feedback if there's something that you think is indispensable in the summertime then let me know um i guess the last thing i'll mention and i know i'm kind of going long um, is is this uh stay tuned for my recommendation at the end of the podcast for my preferred pack for fishing when i'm wet waiting in the summertime there you go that's a great way to save time This week on castingacross.com, the first article that appeared was called Fly Fishing Olympics 2021 fly fishing olympics 2021 i wrote an article in 2016 about if fly fishing were to be in the olympics what would some of the uh, competitions be this is a five years later uh take on this and a humorous look at some of the silly things that we do as anglers and how we could turn that into competition which you might already do with your friends so check that out fly fishing olympics 2021 that got a great response Uh, so definitely check that out and then uh on wednesday rusty fly box people Rusty Flybox People. These are three older articles, and every one of them has to do with people, both in person and online. And one of these articles um, it's called Not Alone for a Moment, and I think it's just a really good article. It's from maybe five years ago. Definitely check that out. Some of my long-form stuff, an article that definitely is a candidate for being retooled into um, just a, a shorter uh, and updated version, but right now it's definitely worth checking out. This week's recommendation on the podcast, as I just mentioned, it is a pack that I like to wear when I am wet waiting and I'm wet waiting deep. It is the inversion sling from vidavu so i talk about Vitavoo slings all the time the inversion sling is designed to ride high up on your back and it has a waterproof main compartment so all of vidavu's packs are usually water resistant because of the pvc coated nylon they're constructed with and the fact that they have uh, usually two layers of closure zipper and a uh, fold over buckle velcro system this one actually has a waterproof zipper and that waterproof um uh, a PVC coated nylon but it's a great pack because it's also built to ride higher on the small of your back and me being 5 eight five eight and a quarter on a good day it's awesome to have that pack right up between my shoulder blades to keep things dry even if i have a water resistant pack this is what i wear when i'm surf casting for for stripers with my fly rod this is what i'll wear if i'm waiting deep for smallmouth um up here in new england or down the mid-atlantic um and i know i'm gonna be waiting a lot deeper because again a little bit shorter but the inversion sling retails for about two hundred dollars made in the united states of america by hand to order I absolutely love mine. I've got mine in camo, and there's a couple other colorways that are out there that are worth checking out, but it's it's going to fit anybody and everybody, um, and it goes on your non-casting shoulder, which I can't believe more people aren't stealing this idea, but I'm glad that they're not because this is something that Scott at VitaVoo has really uh, emphasized as being a uh, hallmark of the VidaVu sling pack, so definitely check that out. I'll put a link to the VidaVu Inversion Sling on the show notes for this podcast on castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app and leave a review on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish.
0: Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. (music) Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.